you're ready. Welcome back to another edition of the EPI podcast. It's been a while since we've put one out, and so uh, we decided to kind of give everybody an update today and and show how we're doing or kind of what's been going on. It's been it's been a wild ride the past uh, six weeks or so since we've since we've put out a podcast, and uh, it's kind of the nature of our nature of our business. Sometimes stuff is kind of slow, and it's a good idea to put out a podcast or you're like, yeah, we could do that all the time. And unfortunately kind of got a little bit busy, um, just doing, doing work. So that's good. It's a good thing, but, uh, now we're back and we're going to kind of have a, a shotgun blast of random discussion topics that we've been saving up and building up over time. Uh, first big news for us since we've last I had a podcast is we've added an employee that I'll let you talk about. She she may not even think that I'm a real person because I met her when we <laughs> interviewed her. But then <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> she probably thinks like, that's he doesn't really work there. I've never <laughs> seen him and uh, Nate hides him somewhere. He, he hired him as an actor to make himself just, seem more important. <laughs> yeah, you know, just to look cooler. But uh, yeah, Christine Reed has joined us as an internal investigator. She'll help with some of our risk management uh, work, investigations and workers' comp claims, um, and uh, general reporting and research for us, uh, especially when we're out in the field. I like using cool uh, military terms because I wasn't in the military, so it makes me feel a little cooler. Uh, as opposed to Dan, who was in the military, so you she can say in the bush, yeah, in, or in the sandbox, <laughs> or something like that. But in this case, what 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 uh, she is for us is our Overwatch. So in the event that we're out in the field and we can't collect information that we need uh, while we're doing covert surveillance or while we're conducting investigation, she can be back. Um, close, close at home, watching over, making sure that we get the information we need so that we can be as effective as possible. So we're grateful to have her on board. Uh, she has a background in um, uh, journalism as one of her uh, degrees. And uh, so that gives her some skill sets that I think really make her very good at what she does. And she hit the ground running about three weeks ago, and she's doing a great job for us. Yeah, that's so that's awesome. I haven't had a chance to work with Christine too much, but from everything I've talked about and with, uh, with you, I mean, she's been doing, doing great. So that's, that's good. And that's exciting to, uh, to add another person on board. Um, other than that, as far as working, uh, cause we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of random stuff today, but, uh, we're calling this potpourri. It's kind of our potpourri <laughs> session here. It's just a, a variety of very wonderful things that we combine into one large bowl of content. <laughs> sounds uh, sounds about as manly as my hazelnut coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's something that's before we get started here. There is something. You know, you've got somebody who spent years in the Marines. Has uh, you know, my daughter's a Marine, so I, I'm obviously biased uh, towards the Marine Corps and believe that they're the best of the the branches of the armed services. Even though the Navy will remind you that you're technically part of them, um, but I think most Marines kind of resent ever being reminded of that. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, uh, you know, I just lost my train of thought. You were going to make fun of me for my hazelnut coffee. That's it. The <laughs> hazelnut coffee. Yeah, yeah I, I went, I, I digressed a little too much. But the fact <laughs> is, is that, you know, here I am, 48 years old, mature male, and I drink real coffee. No creamer, no sugar, no anything in it. 
And today we went and we stopped at one of our favorite places to pick up Caribou Coffee, uh, which is our new sponsor, by the way, whether they like it or not. <laughs> and um, and uh, they didn't have the the uh, hazelnut vanilla hazelnut coffee out, and and the look of despondence that uh, that was on your face was was really very pathetic. But fortunately, he found the little machine that squirts out bits of this aromatic uh, girly coffee so that he could turn a regular cup of coffee into his vanilla ha vanilla hazelnut. So he's doing pretty well uh, now. Becoming soft. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we were discussing one of the things we were going to discuss, and we did a Facebook post about it uh, earlier, but we were, I was doing surveillance uh, late at night into the morning and kind of, I don't know if there's such thing as really a rough neighborhood in Sioux Falls in, in, in a sense that many people would say it, but is in <laughs> one of the less nice areas of Sioux Falls. And uh, it just kind of some of the folks walking around and it doesn't stop, especially now that it got a little bit warmer out, doesn't really stop at, at night. And so I texted Nate briefly because I saw a man, uh, you know, there, there's people walking around. It's, you have to have a, I felt more like I needed to have a more heightened sense of, of awareness because Me there's too. people walking around all the time. And, you know, like my grandma said, nothing uh, good happens after midnight. And I would suspect that there were several not that great things happening, also judging by the amount of patrol cars that were in and around there all the time from the police. But uh, there was a, a wheelchair. I saw a man pushing a wheelchair or whatever else, and I'm just thinking, like, wow, that's that's a tough lot in life. I wonder where they're headed and whatever else. And, you know, they get a little bit more into my center view from my periphery as I'm looking at my, my uh, surveillance uh, target, not the... You know, didn't see the person at the time, but looking in the direction of their, where they were supposed to be at. And I noticed that uh, in the wheelchair is not a person, but a silvery object. And I take a <laughs> double take, and it is a beer keg. <laughs> Ostensibly full. Otherwise, I mean, I suppose yeah. you could carry it empty pretty yeah. easily. But a heavy, a full beer keg is pretty heavy, and so I'm... I'm guessing it was stolen from somewhere. I don't know, or or I don't know. Or it's just, just purchased because that you needed something <laughs> to drink that night. Um, the uh, that same period of time, we did several days in this neighborhood, and and yes, the situational awareness need was much higher there. I uh, I found myself to be very wide awake. You don't, you know, there's times where if you're on a surveillance and and you're in a comfortable spot and you can watch from a good vantage point. Uh, you have to remind yourself to keep always very vigilant because that's our job. You know, we're there to do surveillance for a reason. In a case like this, it was very easy to stay awake, even at 2, 3 in the morning when we were doing surveillance. And about 2 in the morning the following night, uh, two fellows um, who had shrouded themselves in the hoods from their sweatshirts are walking down the street very casually. One has what looks like a Persian rug or a large rug that you would have in your living room rolled up but there's a suspicious bulge in the middle of this and they're just one's got it over his shoulder and they're walking down the street like it's no big deal i have no idea what was inside that rug and i don't know if i want to know what was inside that rug but i'm guessing it wasn't like a couple of first edition jane austen novels or something like that i, I think there was something else in there 
<laughs> could have been. Could have been. I don't know. I just kind of some of the stuff that you experience, but then, you know, after that, those couple of things happen, then we start thinking about some of the odder things that that we see or, you know, when if you people like the concept of people watching or like especially you go to like a Walmart or like a mall or something like that. And it's pretty entertaining when when you're in your day to day grind of getting from point A to point B and you're very mission focused and you're not really looking around too much. You and people call it people watching because you take the opportunity to sit back and take a step back from the action and kind of take it all in. And then you kind of see some things that you're like, like the first uh, surveillance that I accompanied uh, you on was uh, in the, you know, it wasn't in, not a lot of the neighborhoods that we go to aren't that bad. They're middle class or whatever else. You feel safe there mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but we're sitting there and, watching and you're kind of explaining to me the the rundown of you know this is this is how i record my notes and this is how often i take uh you know if nothing's going on you take a pan shot so that you have accountability for hey we're, we're on the scene and um and doing what we're supposed to be doing and as you're mid-sentence you're like you said, good Lord, that is a lot of Mountain Dew. And it's this lady <laughs> with a rascal scooter. And she has probably, it's it has to be upwards of 20 uh, two-liter bottles of Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. Just in a cart. So she's got the scooter and then she's like pulling a cart with this just jet, one of the largest accumulations that I've seen of Mountain Dew outside of the uh, outside of college. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's a, there are some very interesting people that we have uh, seen out there. Well, yesterday I saw something that I can never unsee. And that is, you know, it was warmer. It was about 72 degrees where I was. Beautiful day. Found the perfect place to perch. And there was a, evidently a guy that didn't need to work during the day. Maybe he had a night shift. But during the day, this man who had a rather robust uh, physique. I mean, he had a, a large gullet on him. He's wearing Daisy Duke style jorts. Maybe they weren't Daisy Duke initially, but when he was wearing them, they became Daisy Duke style. And a very, very tight shirt, like what somebody who works out all the time would wear. So, you know, it, uh, it was a good look for him. Uh, he rocked it very well, but I just thought, you know, the, the people that are out there, and if they had any idea who was watching them, not as bad as some of the things that we can't talk about because they would give away too much information, and I would hate to to actually explain something that somebody would say, hey, I know, that's me. <laughs> and I have one that I sent you, a, a, a text with a, a photo of his house and his dedication to a particular uh, thing that he decided to theme his house and his vehicle so we have some very strange things that happen, but it makes our, our jobs out in the field because many times uh, we'll spend five, six, seven hours with no activity whatsoever. So any of those things can, can help pass the time quite nicely. So it's our own little entertainment. And to, to be, you know, Mountain Dew lady, if you're listening, I, I'm not judging you. I have my own vices, of course. <laughs> you know, maybe not to the extent of the amount of Mountain Dew, but, you know... <laughs> Well, and she may have been rationing. Maybe she was a prepper. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's the year supply. Yeah, (laughs) could be. And she's just very careful about how much she gets. You know, other people buy, like, cases of wine, uh, things like that. You know, she's just a connoisseur of Mountain Dew. It's, uh, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Have you, yeah. I don't know. Um, what else did you want to talk about? You know, I, I, boy, I tell you what, so much has been going on. We've had so many different, uh, very interesting and challenging cases in the last uh, several months. Uh, it's been it's been an exciting time. It's fun to watch uh, EPI investigations grow as a company and uh, also be found to uh, uh, be of need to uh, clients that we didn't expect we would actually uh, provide oh, yeah. that, like, like active shooter training. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, um, that we were going to talk about that. Yeah, so cool, cool thing, uh, we got a call you know, at about 10 o'clock one day, we're, we're kind of, uh, in the works of, of possibly doing some, some presentations and one of the gentlemen that we're working with on that, can we mention? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Nate, if you want to talk about Dan. Yeah. Dan Oakland of HRD, um, is, uh, they're specialists in human resources and they work with a number of uh, small and medium sized companies, very similar to what we do in our own field. But uh, we found that we complemented each other uh, quite well in some of the things that we offer as far as um, tools that we can provide to our clients to help them better um, prepare for a variety of different things from, in his case, you know, how do you terminate an employee in such a way where even though it's a negative situation, uh, that can't be escaped, how do you, how do you de-escalate? one of those situations uh, to the point where it doesn't become an issue where we have to get involved, namely uh, active shooter uh, training or investigations into somebody who's made um, very credible threats against their former employee, uh, employer. And, and so uh, we're working together on uh, some things coming up in the near future. And one of those is uh, to continue in our active shooter training for businesses, helping them understand what they can do in order to develop the necessary things in order to be prepared for the possibility, even though it's not very probable, it's still possible that an active shooter scenario can happen in your place of business or your house of worship. In those cases, it takes very little effort to prepare for that possibility, even though it's small, the amount of time it takes to accomplish preparedness is also small. And so we're, we're going out there and we've been talking to a number of businesses. We have several lined up in the future, uh, both small and large, where we get an opportunity to share some, some uh, tricks as to, and some techniques and some methods for preparing your business for active shooter scenarios. And uh, in fact, uh, we made our big 15 seconds of fame. Yeah, because we, <clears throat> so Dan, Dan Oakland of HRD, and he does the kind of, we tie, we're, we're working with him on our piece of things. Uh, his purview is more the broader human resources in terms of the standards for record keeping and other types of training that has to occur in terms of uh, handling employees and, and managing uh, that whole process of, of keeping a, a company staff and you know a large company obviously has the resources to have a dedicated human resources staff and a mid-sized company doesn't have the resources to have some a whole big staff on full time but obviously needs something to manage so that they uh, don't do something inappropriate in terms of of that that uh, that need and so that's where where Dan's company comes in and so but he 
we got a call from the uh, the news, the local news here, and asked if we would be willing to do an interview in a couple of hours, um, which was a little nerve wracking. I, you know, in, in the Marine Corps, uh, anytime something like that has happened, where it's like, hey, do you want to talk to a public affairs affairs uh, affairs, not one of those, a public affairs person? You know, hey, do you want to? Uh, yeah, no thanks. I uh, talk to the person with the uh, the shinies on his collar, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what he gets paid for, and he can uh, he can talk to you about all that. So now that's kind of a, I've been a new thing, and uh, Nate uh, proverbially threw me in the swimming pool. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was, without my floaties on. <laughs> well, when Alternative HRD, what they did, uh, Dan Open, uh, Alternative <laughs> HRD had actually suggested, and this was after that last uh, uh, shoot, active shooter scenario that had taken place a few weeks ago that hit the, the, the news in a major way, um, he had suggested us to KSFY, and so they called us out of the blue, and, and Dan was content to just stand in the, in the, on the sidelines and just support me as I, uh, as I spoke on a variety, of, or, or a variety of things, only a small amount actually gets on the, on the news. But uh, then they asked some very poignant questions, the, the gal that interviewed us. And I thought, you know, that's a great question for Dan. And uh, so Dan got to be on as well. So we, we were both on that one. It turned out, you know, pretty well. You know, I, I kind of worry about how, how am I going to come off on film? And to be honest with you, I was fabulous, as were you. <laughs> no, it, it was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable. And, uh, and they used some, some great footage. And they, they put us in a positive light. But it is something that we're very passionate about because it's, it's one of those things that a person can learn, like we've talked about with situational awareness, that with training, with understanding, uh, it can save lives. And that's something that's passionate to us, and, and it's part of our mission as far as what we do as an agency and what sets us apart to some degree from other private detective agencies because we also deal in the realm of risk management, which a number of them don't do. Right. And I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of the, I, I kind of want to tread carefully into the world of, of active shooter training, the, the way that we're not trying to capitalize on negative situations and we don't want to be perceived as, you know, trying to, to exploit terrible situations. And I think the way that we're doing it is, is most appropriate in that you said that it's part of a broader, it is a, it is a factor of a company's broader risk management strategy. Whether you like it or not, there's, there's a potential threat of that in, in a modern workplace. And it's unfortunate that, that that's the case. And without getting into politics and, and whatever else, it's undeniable that that could happen at a workplace. And so there's steps that can be taken to prevent it. And I don't think that it's something that, you know, a company needs to buy uh, bulletproof bomb blankets from us, or I don't think that it's something because it's, it's a low probability, but high consequence event. It's not something that, you know, if, if you were going to, if, if you had eight minutes, there was some law that was passed or whatever else, and you only have eight minutes to, to take care of whatever risk management problems, or you have to give training to your employees or whatever risk management problems, you can, 
maybe you disagree on this, I would say that you'd spend that time talking about stuff that was a little bit more um, likely to occur, such as, I don't know, like, what it's more a lot more likely for like a sexual harassment claim to occur in the workplace because somebody uh, makes an off-color joke and, you know, or whatever, or... Uh, a slip and fall type situation like right. you deal with a lot. That's that's something that's an actual that that could be a daily occurrence if it's not addressed and if it's not uh, taken care of. The the so that's something that should maybe be the focus of the attention. But this is something that also needs to be addressed. Well, agreed. I mean, there's several things that we've actually trained companies on, and it's not just active shooter. What we've done is actually come up with an entire disaster plan for some companies. That includes what to do in the case of a fire, uh, what to do in case of tornado or you know a severe weather um, scenario, um, what to do for those basic, th those things that can happen the most from a health uh, healthcare standpoint. You know, a heart attack. How to use the uh, how to use the defibrillator. Right. Uh, I can't believe I said that right the first time. <laughs> they have a new name for it, but. But anyway, defibrillator is what it used to be called. AED. AED, there you go. Um, but, but understanding all of those things, basic first aid, things like that, um, there's several of those things that are very important. The likelihood of somebody having a heart attack at work, probably not that high in most cases, but it's still there. The likelihood of a tornado coming and ripping through the, the area where your business is at, Probably not that high, even in South Dakota, but still a possibility. And the same with active shooter. We've had scenarios where businesses have been damaged by tornadoes, fires have occurred, uh, emergency situations where somebody has had a heart attack or has choked or has had a seizure, uh, or, and we've unfortunately had a handful of active shooter situations right. in this area as right. well. So ultimately what we're trying to do is, for, for our part, is help equip businesses and places of worship with simple to understand and easy to execute plans as opposed to something so elaborate that people forget. So, right. uh, you know, we're not we're not making money off of this in most cases. A lot of times we're actually going out and speaking to various different groups. Um, we'll be going to the, um, uh, in fact, I'll look it up while we're talking here, but um, Dan from Alternative HRD had put out a very nice uh, piece for us, and essentially um, we're going to be dealing with, like for instance, how to stop workplace violence, awareness, education, prevention, and it's sponsored by Alternative HRD and ourselves, and is going to be taking place at the, the uh, Zeal um, Entrepreneur Center here in town. And uh, if somebody's interested, we can we can provide them with more information about that by simply giving us a call at 605-759-8778. Uh, we'll be glad to make sure that you can get RSVP'd if this is something that's interested, interesting to you. But, you know, it's something that we feel that we can, we can give back. We can help, um, you know, provide some information that uh, hopefully does uh, someday, in a worst-case scenario, does provide a life-saving measure. So that's important to us, and uh, we're, we're glad to help in that capacity. So, um, you know, as far as active shooter, I, I think that's about all I've got to say about the subject right that's now. That's all I've got to say about that, as uh, Forrest Gump famously said. Oh, did he? Oh. <laughs> have you not seen that movie? I have never seen Forrest Gump. Oh. 
Why would it, <laughs> why would I see it? It's, it looked like a stupid movie. I, I know people. How it dare it. you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, are a cat. Uh, yeah, we'll have to discuss. Uh, you'll have to watch that, and we'll discuss it on a later podcast. By the way, this has nothing to do with investigations, but Dan cannot judge me for the caliber of movie. Um, there's been several that you've referred to that now, hold that, make me hold wonder that. about, you know, like uh, you're reading, you should see his, his, uh, books that he has here. I mean, he, he's well read, he's well educated. Uh, we have some very, dare I say, erudite conversations. Rarely, most of them are fairly, you know, you know, ridiculous or silly or business oriented, but basketball, really <laughs> from the creators of South Park, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Who, yeah, they are pretty lowbrow, but they, they put in all of these quips and one-liners and whatever else. They, they're, they're explaining in the beginning why the, all, all the movements of the different sports teams and how, you know, the Jazz moved to Salt Lake City where they don't allow music and whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, his, his, uh, his ability to quote really terrible movies is quite extraordinary. It's like a super Forrest Gump, game. though, is not in... The, you can't put Forrest Gump in the same plane. I, I understand, but I, I just Hanks. don't feel you can judge me. It's Tom Hanks and... Uh, Sally What's Field. her name from, uh, from House of None. Cards before she becomes a, you know... Uh, oh, I, I never watched House of Cards, so I don't know. Yeah. So you're judging Speaking me. Speaking of... Uh, HR nightmares and stuff, Kevin Spacey and all yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but... We she, should maybe have Dan Elklin on to talk about that. <laughs> we could maybe use some movie references. What did they do wrong here? <laughs> Just play clips and he could go through and explain that. Maybe he'd like to do that. <laughs> right. No, but... So that's that can that's going to have to be... Has Holly seen it? Forrest Gump? I have no idea. She never bothered her, to tell me, but she it. did see The Truman Show, and, and uh, I, I didn't really want to watch that one either. I think I got through part of that one. But, you know, there's some of those movies that are critically acclaimed, but they just look so stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, I never saw The Truman Show either. Jim Carrey kind of, in his, because that's more serious, I think. It is. It's, it's whimsical humor. But with a you know with a significant uh, overtone of seriousness. Jim Carrey playing a serious role kind of freaks me out. Like his lane is crazy. Jim mm-hmm. Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, which is one of my all-time favorites, by the way, and one that we I think we can agree on. It's like it's like Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump being in the room together and trying to find common ground. Dumb and Dumber may be that common ground because when the cop uh, drives by and says pull over and he says no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. So are you Donald Trump or are you Kim Jong-un? I feel like I'm my my stupid movies are way better than your stupid movies. See, now Kim Jong-il was a huge fan of the cinema. So evidently he had his own private theater. Right. Donald Trump does too. I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary. There's a... Um, did you ever see or hear about the... There's four U.S. military... They're, they're, uh, I don't want to throw stones there create inter inter branch of service rivalries but they were all four army guys but uh, they all there were four guys in the history of the dmz that defected to uh to the north there are several you know thousands that defected to the south and this was before you know now you can walk across the dmz if you if you tried uh 
you know, the one guy did it. He got he got shot a bunch of times, but he made it barely. You you can't just walk it. But back in the fifties and and sixties, when you know the stalemate was there, and there there wasn't much. It was just like a you know an imaginary line, pretty much. There were several people that dropped the rifle or took their rifles with them and defected to the to the north. And a lot of these guys lived there, and then they they became. Uh, they became movie stars, quote unquote, in uh, in uh, propaganda films and whatever else. But yeah. So anyway, I think you're Kim Jong Un or Ill or whichever. <laughs> I don't want to be either one. Actually, and when it comes to stupid movies, I'm pretty confident as as Donald Trump is in my abilities as a <laughs> as a stupid movie connoisseur, and. Uh, you know, you're kind of living in the dark ages in the in of stupid movies. You mean Dumb and Dumber is in the dark ages until you open yeah, you up your just, borders yeah. to the basketballs of the world. <laughs> I will never you know. You have the to truth. be the Kim Jong Un. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, either one. I just don't feel comfortable taking either one, but I'll take them. <laughs> I'll take them. But um, yeah, it's a uh, it's. This is the stuff that happens. See, when you're on surveillance, by the way, and you're in your own head and you're watching there, uh, I think that's when probably you don't even need a DVD player. There again, dating me again. Here I'm a DVD player. Nobody has a DVD player anymore, do they? Except for your like your grandparents, maybe your parents. Um, but um, those things run through your head. You remember things. You can almost play things in your head. Um, while you're watching and waiting for somebody to come outside their house. Um, so I, I do think about different, you know, like, that'd be a good show to watch again on Netflix. I'm going to have to check when I get home and see if that's on Netflix. Note to self, you know, <laughs> see if they have, you know, X movie or whatever it is. And uh, um, so that's what happens when you're sometimes spending four or five hours without any activity whatsoever is you get into your own head. And this is where I think all of a sudden it plays back basketball and what are some of the other movies that you've quoted from that just make me wonder why I brought you on in the first place <laughs> I have my favorite movie quote from just about any movie is Joe Dirt He's oh no the story of uh, of uh, David Spade losing his way as a young child and living a uh, white trash uh, it's a it's a white trash epic of a boy growing and coming of age and trying to find his parents who abandoned him at the Grand Canyon Anyway, he finally finds his parents who are morally reprehensible people and are only coming back into his life so that they can, for their own benefit. And uh, he's questioning them about why they would leave their son at the, at the Grand Canyon when he was only eight years old. And uh, they tell him, uh, they, they list it, you know, why is the sky blue? Why is it this way? And then how exactly does a rear, positive track rear end on a Plymouth work? It just does. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my go-to for uh, my fancy way of saying it's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> and your kids and your wife have heard that probably uh, more maybe. than once. My wife, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to introduce uh, my kids to uh, Joe Dirt yet. That might be. <laughs> no, they're a little young. I did see Joe Dirt once. Once is the key. But, you know, I, I made the mistake once. It's. You know, hitting yourself in the head with a hammer once, you know, you can say, all right, that was a bad idea. I'll never do that again. But hitting yourself repeatedly 
by watching a David Spade movie. Uh, you know, we just have some issues, but I, I'm trying to think, you know, of, see now, like, my idea of a good movie would be like watching one of like the like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. And you you have absolutely no interest in the mythology that is around like the Marvel superhero movies like Thor and stuff like that. So um, you haven't given me a, superhero movies. Can't do them. I I don't know why not. I mean I, I don't know, know either. It's I just they're good. They're modern mythology. How does Pause Track work on the rear end of Plymouth? It just does. I don't know. I don't know why I don't See, like the superhero movies. I just, gosh, I can't get on board with them. And people, and I feel bad because a lot of people I know get super excited about them. And they're like, oh, you didn't see Spider-Man 12. This I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> How about like, oh, okay, so what about good. the Star Wars movies? You see, now I never got into Star Wars. I saw the old ones, the originals. The originals and then, I don't know. Uh, well, I did too, and I just, uh, you know, it never captured my attention that much. Michael liked it, my son, when he was younger, so we had to have lightsaber light battles on occasion when he was about four years old, uh, which was fun. Uh, kicked his butt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't have the hand-eye coordination. Shot his gonna... hand off. No. Yeah. No, yeah. Michael, you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then, uh, you know, that I watched the first three of the newer ones because Michael was of that age where, you know, he liked that. And he, um, talking about people with poor decision making or, or judgment, he did like Jar Jar Binks. In fact, he was pretending to be Jar Jar Binks on occasion. But, you know, he was 18 at the time. So, no, no he was only like four or five years old. Uh, when those came out. So, uh, yeah, I, I never got into that, but I'm a huge trek, trekkie, trekker, I think is what they officially like to be called. Now, I've never dressed up and gone to a convention, nor will I ever dress up and go to a convention, but I love the movies and I love the television shows, watch them all, even like Enterprise, which is the much maligned one with Scott Bakula as the captain. But the point being is that uh, I guess, I think if Why you were to- like Scott Bakula? You know, I it's just the show. It, it just, for some reason, nobody really liked that particular Enterprise. And it's when they first developed the Warp 5 engine. So it's it's big. It's a big deal. And he's part of the, the, the mythology and the, the story because Captain Archer is the first Enterprise captain. So it's an important part of that mythology. And I enjoyed it. But let's wrap this all, you know, this, this part of our segment, which had absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> investigations, and just realize that... Uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree <laughs> on our movie choices, and I'll respect you uh, in your Donald Trump-esque sort of way with your your uh, your particularly uh, unique uh, choice in entertainment and movies. And uh, I guess you know, hopefully, you'll continue to respect my choices in superhero movies and uh, and terrible. And one we didn't even mention is. I don't think there's been many Jason Statham movies I haven't watched, um, which is something that maybe I shouldn't admit in a broadcast. But You know what? I think we're done here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Um, but I'm going back to more, uh, I guess, serious topics or, or uh, relevant topics, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Boy, you know, nothing comes to mind, you know, we'll... If anybody's still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's the fact that, uh, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, some of the hot topics here in the future. 
as we get a few moments. Uh, I know one of those, of course, right now is a uh, uh, hot topic is gun control and you know the the media's use of an AR-15 and uh, demonizing that particular piece of of uh, firearm and. I think there's some great topics that we'll get into, but uh, as we're just jumping back into the deep end here today, um, thought it kind of fun just to talk about a variety of subjects, and uh, glad we had a chance to finally get together, because a lot of times, quite frankly, you are either out in the field, or I'm out in the field, or we're both out in the field. That's the reason we brought on the, the, the talented uh, Christine to help us, uh, but uh, hopefully we can set aside a little bit of time in our hectic schedule as, as we continue to grow and get busier uh, to spend some time on these podcasts because we're actually starting to get listeners beyond you know our, yeah. our close relatives, which is kind of like, nice. We got like 50, which I know is not a lot, but it's... You to, know, to us, it's, it's a big... Back in the day when we started, yeah. we had like five. Yeah, you were pretty <laughs> thrilled when you're like, a, oh, somebody just... Oh, we just got a follower. <laughs> Somebody that, you know, somebody that we know, you know, mm-hmm. followed us. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, what's happening because they directly link it back to uh, my email and my phone number. I'm starting to get emails from people with rather questionably not distinctively names you would hear in the United States. Ones with more vowels uh, or consonants than you would normally see in a name from somewhere where they don't speak English as a first language, uh, offering us great ways to promote our podcast. So they've been starting to show up lately. So <laughs> somebody's taking notice. Um, somebody with like four Z's in their name a lot of times and a Y. But uh, but what the heck? Seems, seems legit. I think so. Just like that Nigerian prince that uh, offered to split some of the money that he's trying to get out of that country and um still haven't heard back from them yet yeah my gambling ends with a uh, gas station sushi and that's i use up all my luck on that and not getting food poisoning <laughs> it's a good idea yeah but uh um yeah maybe we can get christine on the podcast too if it maybe she'll listen to it and be like absolutely not. I, I quit <laughs> yeah, I more than you don't pay me enough <laughs> to be on that terrible yeah <laughs> But, I work uh, for you guys? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Wait, that podcast is you guys? I thought it was some nerds from, I yeah. don't know, wherever. I didn't yeah. know that was affiliated. I thought you were like you cosplaying guys are being private investigators. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I want zero part of this. Yeah. Um, we'll see, though. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, nothing comes to mind. So I, uh, uh, yeah, I think we say a fond farewell and... Uh, Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, lovely. Smasher. Yeah. Seacrest out.